0: This is Megan Enriquez, founder and CEO of True Conversations, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, Chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey,
2: dream chasers. This is Amy J. and you are listening to episode 109 of Chasing Dreams. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you guys. Uh, We were connected, actually, by a fellow podcaster. She is a podcaster herself. Her name is Megan Enriquez. She is the founder and CEO of True Conversations. Soon after the birth of her second child, Megan had what she calls a faceplant moment, which ignited her to create True Conversations. She is a highly sought after to speak with, train with, and interview with a variety of audiences around the most stigmatized issues of today, communication, leadership, and redefining true success. Megan served as the intervention director at Johns Hopkins University for a clinical trial and is a mother of two. This millennial Asian American entrepreneur who came to America as an infant adoptee earned her bachelor's in both exercise science and psychology from Slippery Rock University. And she is a very busy person but has been kind enough to take this time to talk with us today. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the show. Amy, thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? Wonderful.
0: I love connecting with people who have such positive energy, and I can already feel that you're one of them.
2: Well, I think that somehow the world has brought us together because you are doing some amazing things from what we had. And our friend Josh Rivers connected us.
0: Mm-hmm. Because you're
2: putting a conference on in my home state of Maryland. Yeah. And why don't you tell us a little bit about the conference? Like, what okay. is that about?
0: Sure. Well, it's a short uh, three hour event, but we at True Conversations had gotten used to doing coffee house chats um, in our first year. And when we were envisioning what we would do in our second year to help more people feel more validated. Feel more capable and also gain wisdom that was going to be exchanged in ways that we normally don't go about our lives exchanging them. We thought, let's help the female entrepreneurs in this state of Maryland and DC. Let's help the women who are hustling and grinding and following their passion. To do it more, but not in a really short-term motivational way, a really changing on a gut and soul level way. And so we created the event, True Conversations Live, and it's centered around the screening of an award-winning documentary, lovingly called She Started It, which explains (laughs) almost everything you need to know. And we'll also have a True Conversation panel discussion that reflects Women here in maryland who are at different stages of the female entrepreneurship journey everything from she works a full-time job and is just dreaming and all the way through to um successful global entrepreneur and even a politician you know who's taking her passion and going in that direction to be a public servant to all of us so we're excited to host that and um, Really, the doors open to everybody.
2: I mean, it's, it's such a motivating, inspiring event. So I definitely wanted to talk about that. But let's also kind of go back to you as a founder and where you came up with True Conversations. Because we talked about in the introduction how you had a faceplant moment. <laughs> Was that literal? <laughs> um, mostly literal. I would say
0: uh, for about a year after I had given birth to my son, I spent the majority of my time laying down. So it was either on my, you know, forward on my belly, on my face, or it was on my back. But, um,
2: forward right on after, face doesn't seem very comfortable.
0: No, <laughs> I would really, at that point in my life, I would take any position I could, as long as it allowed me to rest and just do the bare minimum of surviving and helping my children survive. So, um, Making it as short as possible. Really. There are a number of things in my body after carrying two children that just weren't working anymore Um, My adrenal glands had stopped working and that is what's responsible for getting us up and going It's what handles stress. So a lot of my ability to handle stress even just day to day was completely diminished Um, And so I love to call those moments face plant moments because you have this great visual of, you know, you're just walking around or jogging through life and everything's awesome. You feel like you're on top of the world or you're kicking ass at doing um, your roles that you might have in life. And then suddenly you just find yourself face planted onto the floor and they have the biggest power to change you in those at those times. And that's what had happened, fortunately for me.
2: So how is it that I might just be missing it? How is it that you were on the floor and you had the inspiration for this true conversation? <laughs> like, I'm not seeing the
0: connect. Yeah. What happened? Right. So at that time, prior to having this faceplant moment, really, I had been one of those people who really kept up with the expectations that society had for me. I was a great mom. I had all these playdates scheduled I was a great businesswoman. I had a different business at the time in health and wellness and I was, you know, promoting and excelling and I was, you know, a mindful and attentive friend and wife. And so the method of communication that worked perfectly fine for me that's used so widely is more of sort of this motivational communication style. For example, if someone's going through a tough time, I was the friend who would say, Oh, but there's always a silver lining, and I would <laughs> focus on you know the lesson to be learned, and that you could do this when I had this face plant phase of my life, and I could barely get through the day I mean my breathing was staggered, um I could hardly stay awake. There was nothing that would be that motivation would do for me, and it it was a hugely impactful experience to develop finally compassion for people who are in that type of circumstance. And even if they're only in it a little bit. So I described to people, you know, when you're in this place, because you might go to a conference, you might go to an event or work with your coach. And the whole time you're thinking, F you, like, you don't know what I'm going through, right? disconnect. You're like, I can't put myself in your shoes. There's something wrong with me. There's, I'm not enough. You have something I don't. So feeling that disconnect for one of the most profound times in my life made me realize the way we communicate with each other and the way we lead in our personal and professional lives has to change. We need to be able to blend together, being transparent and real so that we all feel more normal. We feel more capable. There's nothing wrong with you and being uplifting and empowering because there should be a purpose to being transparent with each other. There should be a reason that you're sharing yourself that way. Um, And so putting those two together, I felt, was a formula that the world was really craving. At least I know I was. And the more and more I started using that in my own life, the more and more people had finally came out and told me, "Oh my gosh, I've been craving for this shift as well."
2: And the interesting thing is, I mean, you're having these conversations about a variety of areas. It seems mm-hmm. like for moms, for for people who, young people in their thirties,
0: mm-hmm. you know, let me
2: people are, people are young when they're thirties, guys. Just yeah, <laughs> let me go ahead and put that out there. Um, but, you know, like there seems to be no limit on the topics that you're having these conversations about. And I mean, given that the concept is true conversation, I'm guessing that's intentional.
0: It is intentional. One of the things that's evolved, I when I first started, I always knew I wanted to create this space and a platform and a, a vessel that could hold it all, that could hold all of humanity's experiences, that could hold our humanness. And our humanness is really, it's so diverse. You know, you're not just a mom, you're not just a business person, you're not just a friend or a mind or a body or a spirit, you're you are all of it. And yet, In each of those areas, there's stigmatized things that we don't like to talk about. And yet we need to be talking about because each of us, the more we hold on to secrets and not letting out our truth, the more it's damaging our ability to perform and give into the community with our gifts. And it's also damaging our overall health and peace. So it was intentional, even against a lot of advice to become more specific. It would continue to be in my heart to just keep it as broad as it's a stigmatized issue and we'll talk about it. So as the world has changed, even from when we began, for example, politics is now a much more stigmatized issue than it had been a couple of years ago, um, at least in the forefront and really in our faces. So we get to partner with organizations that that's their niche and we get to help them have a voice and have true conversations from both sides of the table. So I love that it is broad. And I believe that the value of it being so diverse allows our listeners to bump into content that they would otherwise avoid. And there's a social responsibility to expose yourself to other people's perspectives, to other thoughts and beliefs around topics. So not having it isolated is, is very intentional.
2: The thing I like in particular is that it's almost object- objective, right? You said both yeah. sides of the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oftentimes when we think, especially when we think we're right,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we don't want to bring that other side to the table. And that this is the thing. And something I, I'm thinking about this year a lot uh, is, you know, how we have to change our perspective. We don't have to yeah. agree with the new perspective, but we mm-hmm. have to kind of change it to see that other side. Is that something that you find people have a difficult time doing when you have these conversations?
0: Somewhat, you know, um, the people who have graciously been willing to go first, you know, to, to be on either the podcast or be on our panel or attend an event, participate or write a blog, like however they're sharing themselves and, and having these conversations with other people, I have been amazed uh, by the by these people's ability to walk in with an open mind and an open heart and to respectfully disagree again, right? It's sort of a lost art to be able to respectfully disagree. And yet when you call upon people to do that, um, they show up and, and their magic happens. There's so many examples I can think of where it was just Like your jaw dropped because you're just listening to this conversation you never thought you would actually hear, and yet when I go out and I I work with college students or leaders in the community and I do a training with them, there is a lot of questions around, uh, especially inviting someone to the table and having a true conversation when you already know that maybe what they stand for on the outside or what it seems to be that they're a proponent of is in such a negative light, you know, our perception, and I love you You bringing up perception changing. Our perception is, well, that person's a bad person. So like, why would I want to bring them in or their perspective is so negative or hateful? Why would I want to invite them to the table? Right. And my response has been over and over because not bringing them to the table, not being the first to say, I want to understand you. It's not working, right? We see in our society that it's not working. We see how it affects government, how it affects policy, how it affects our families, our relationships, our marriages, everything, our communities. communities. So we have to change. We have to be the first to say, I want to understand you and I'll be willing to listen to you. And over time, I believe that the more and more we do that without an expectation that they're going to do it back for us, that we are going to just create a new normal. And we're not going to be afraid of having these conversations anymore or stepping on people's toes or saying the wrong thing. So
2: Megan, you have an interesting background. You're an infant adoptee, Mm -hmm. right? You're Korean. Yes. You were raised by white but white parents. Yes. Right. So you have a cultural, a mixed cultural background, Mm -hmm. right? As you were growing up, did you, did you think that any of your experiences kind of helped influence the realization of these true conversations?
0: Yes. Um, One of the childhood experiences that I got because of being adopted and because of growing up in a predominantly white community was that I was bullied a lot. Um, That was one. And the second one, and what that did to me was from a very young age, I wanted people to understand me as a person. And so even though I couldn't control how people would treat me, I then just started going about my life, always seeking to understand the person behind the behavior, behind the skin color, behind the religion, whatever it was, I saw people for people. And so that laid a foundation of just this value system that we have in True Conversations that, we're, that we all have value, even if we don't agree. And secondly, my brother um, suffered from major depression from a very young age as a child and a teenager. And so again, just wanting society to see him for who he was. It really embedded this idea that we should try to understand each other better.
2: And it's interesting because we were also talking um, off the record before we started, <laughs> you guys don't get those cool conversations, but we had, them. <laughs> yeah. we had them before we got on here we about, did. about how, you know, myself as an Indian, mm-hmm. when I go to India, I, I get looked at in a different way. I'm the American. Mm-hmm. And when I'm here in the US, I'm the Indian. Yeah. So it's like I'm looking left and right. I'm like, okay. Wait, so who am I today? Wait, what? What's going on? It's a confusion of sorts. And yeah. those kinds of experiences that we go through definitely influence us. But I, I'm I'm stoked to see that yours had a positive influence upon you.
0: It mostly did. And you know, to be really real, there have been things as I grew up. Right. Um, even in adulthood, we never stop learning. Uh, I'm always trying to learn more about why I am the way I am, and you know, of course, it had its negative influences as well. But as as an adult versus a child, you get to choose different, to you know, differently. You get to to work on yourself. You get to overcome whatever confidence or self image. Um, or self-hatred, you know, might have kind of bubbled up because of the experience you just mentioned of just never feeling you like you fit in can really translate, at least for me, it translated to not feeling like I was good enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's where behind the scenes, right, behind true conversations, I'm always working on myself, because I can't ask people to have, say, vulnerable conversations, if I'm not willing to do them, I can't ask people to share their most Intimate truths, if I haven't been there as well. And so I do that consciously so I can help more people.
2: Now I'm going to take you back because I imagine when you were six, you didn't come up with the entire true conversations <laughs> place that it is today. Correct. What did you want to be when you were younger? What were your dreams then?
0: My dream, which it's actually very funny because um, I said correct, but if my answer, I realized, well, actually maybe I did envision true conversations. Really? Um, because my dream at age six was to interview people like Oprah interviewed her guests. Um, it was either that or to become a doc, a journalist or a documentary producer, or director, and to just share people's stories for a purpose to be. And, you know, that was, I think, affected by the different life experiences I mentioned before. And I just felt a big connection to, you know, what I saw Oprah doing. And, um, and even at age six, that's what I was, I was envisioning. I took a detour when studied, like you mentioned health and psychology, Mm because that's how I felt was practical, a practical uh, path to have a career to help people. Um, But you know, the soul is a funny thing; it tugs you back eventually. So, apparently, I did know at an, a young age what I really wanted to be doing.
2: Well, I love that you turned around. Even though again, nothing wrong with with the health direction that you took, right. but that your inner inner Megan mm-hmm. found a way for you to kind of come back to what you wanted to do. Because now you host. A podcast network.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You're doing those interviews. You're having those conversations. And I don't know if you start producing documentaries of, of your conferences, you're, you, you fulfilled that portion of your dream as well. Yeah. You said it. And this is kind of why I started, um, this podcast is practical. It was, it wasn't necessarily practical, right? So, Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I find give up on this because it's not practical. And the whole point of this is it's doesn't matter if it's practical or not practical. Is it something you want? If so, Mm -hmm. go do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love that you're sharing these stories because the more that we hear of people like us, right? We always think that someone who's doing what we want to be doing is different than us. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you hear that, oh, my gosh, they're like us and they have the same, ins- you know, maybe insecurities they've overcome or the same beginnings uh, that and they're doing it, it gives you a little more belief that you can do it as well. And it gives you that courage. So I it, I love witnessing people own who they really are and put that into action, even when they're scared out of their minds. It's I love to be there to witness that and to support that.
2: Well, let me ask you, having having worked with so many people, have you run into someone who is struggling with that kind of like you have, I have where mm-hmm. there's a practical side of them and they have something yeah. inside of them you see it and you don't want to give it away. You're like spoiler alert, spoiler <laughs> alert. But how do you help them when you see that? Cuz I'm sure Yeah. You know, I'm I'm using the show to help showcase and motivate, inspire and activate. But truly, everyday people probably face this Mm -hmm. more often than not. Have you faced that? And if so, what did you do? Yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. I was just having a conversation with a friend earlier today about this because it's this friend's first time really taking a leap a leap from the safety cliff of practicality of I know I could do X Y and Z because I have that skill set I will get paid this amount of money but at the same time my soul is dying you know or you just if people don't relate to that verbiage you know you just you dread waking up in the morning to go do whatever it is that affords your living um and then you know this person's like trying to leap over to the other side of the unknown, which is they don't know how they're going to make money, but they know it's not doing this. It's doing something that they can't even formulate because no one has done it before. And so for me, I totally can relate to that because Mm -hmm. I did that. I took that leap multiple times. Um, The first one was when I had been working at Johns Hopkins in research, was climbing the ladder really quickly, six years in, I went from, I love my job. I love my job a lot. A couple things changed very quickly. And I went to, oh my gosh, I'm wasting my life at this job. You know, my soul literally felt like it was dying because I have a very strong intuition, which is wonderful. And I think people don't even know that that's what, that's, what's pulling them away from it that, you know, it's, it's like tugging you and saying, this is not what you're supposed to be doing anymore. But our society is, has really made us afraid of failure, you know, closing a door and saying, oh, I'm going to walk away from a career. I literally spent thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to get a degree in. I spent six years to build up where I am now. Who am I to be walking away? So I did. I made the leap because I really couldn't live with Knowing I was wasting time, precious time in my life. Um, I did it responsibly. You know, I remember sitting at the diner across from my husband, having a very practical financial conversation and expressing really how, how I was feeling and that I felt I had a plan to exit and still provide for our family. And just at that point, it was, I will do whatever it takes to bring in. The dollars that I needed to contribute to our family. And sometimes we have to get to that place of, I will do whatever it takes. And then, you know, the universe or God or whatever kind of opens it up and goes, Oh, now you're ready. Okay, let me send you this. And I reassured my friend today, I said, Every leap I've taken, random, I mean, it's not random, right? Just serendipitous, amazingly cool. It lines up. It all lines up. I've never, been without, I've never even though we have gone pretty close, right? But I've ne- we've never crossed over that line. Someone has always helped, something has always come about. So, just to continue building your faith in whatever you believe in, um, is I think the most important,
2: yeah. And I, I love that. I, because if it doesn't happen the first time, a lot of people get dejected and it's and they give it up. I gave it a shot, it didn't work out. Meh.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's so
2: quick. It's, it maybe it's because we're in a world where today everybody wants things fast, but everything has to line up when it's ready. Yes. But if you're passionate about it, you got to still kind of show you still believe in it by keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, where would true conversations be if you had not had your face plant moment? Yeah. If you just kept pushing it off.
0: Absolutely and that's the thing that um you know story again and again conversation again and again when you really pull from people to have them reflect on their hardest moments in life they reveal and realize the tremendous gifts that they were given because of that. And I just think that's the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful characteristics a a person can have is to be able to look at the really tough stuff and come out of it saying, yeah, it was really tough. I really don't want to ever have to do that again, but here's how it changed me into an even better version of myself. Um, And yeah, True Conversations would not have existed because I wouldn't have had that personal experience of recognizing the need for a communication leadership style like this or in a mindset about going about your life like this. And when I started the business, too, for what you mentioned earlier, that people sometimes wait for things to line up or if it fails in the beginning. Yeah. I also share a lot that when I began True Conversations, and, you know officially you know did the paperwork had our first event i wasn't even in the physical condition that i you know you would think someone who's going to start something brand new would be in i remember saying so many times it doesn't make any sense for me to start right now it doesn't make any sense i'm not healthy enough i don't have enough energy i blah 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 but there was this undeniable force that really just wouldn't let me sleep until I was taking action on creating it. And I just believe, and I think we all, we have that. We just don't listen to it. We ignore it. I'm, I now listen to my intuition all the time. And so I just kept trusting it. And I kept thinking this needs to start now because by the time the world really needs us, I will have learned a lot of the hiccups and the lessons and i've i will have made the mistakes and we'll be in a place to really serve our community and a little not even a year later like 11 months later you know the world was changing we got a new president a lot of things in our society um became people became aware of we were having conversations around it even if they weren't respectful and I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is why I started this over." You know, back then. Um, so, not waiting for the perfect moment because you have to give yourself time to just have a learning curve, and we're always learning constantly, so it never stops.
2: And you've actually had—I mean, the way True Conversations works is—I mean, you make nothing; you have right. volu- you have volunteers yeah. that are participating and are part of this. What has that been like to see people want to be a part of your vision?
0: Oh, my gosh, that is so much more fulfilling and uh, gives me energy when what I have claimed a spot on in this world of saying this deserves a place. This deserves to to be created, you know, just by simply creating true conversations and believing it. and learning and having the infrastructure. When someone comes into my life or hears about it and wants to connect with us, whether it's as an ambassador or they want to be a host of their own podcast show, or they want to take on a bigger role, like as a staff, a volunteer staff member, and to watch them fulfill their purpose and to watch them just have this fulfilling piece of their life because many of them might work full time and they don't get that at their job or their, um, soul searching and, you know, their life has led them to us. It's, it is so amazing because, and it reminds me every day when that happens, I'm like, this is why we built this. This is why I had this vision. It was not just what were the conversations Megan was going to have I always knew and in being so inclusive and so diverse, I always knew I ne- I would need people who would have very different life experiences, very different networks to be able to generate such quality and different uh, voices and perspectives. Um, so it's such a mutual, like amazing thing. And And when you if you were to sneak peek sometimes on my Instagram account, I will like share text texts between myself and these these volunteers Mm -hmm. because it's we really live and breathe this value system of being transparent, real, uplifting and empowering. And so even how we communicate with each other, it's that way. Um, And we're both equally as excited. Sometimes I feel bad because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am so excited for you. I am so grateful for you. And they're just shining it right back. They're like, no, Megan, I am so grateful for you and for, you know, having believed in this and believing in me. So it's a really positive uh, culture to be a part of. And it's an honor that I get to witness
2: that. And the thing is, I think you need that. I mean, yeah. as positive as the concept of true conversations is, and the fact mm-hmm. that it's an important thing to have, having a true conversation isn't easy. I mean, we talked right. about it earlier about having both sides at the table. You mentioned how previously, you know, conversations weren't always polite, contentious, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sometimes they just weren't, uh, I forget the words you use, aggressive or? Yeah. Respectful. Um, they weren't so much. And so yeah, the fact that you have this environment, these people who are willing to take that abuse,
0: mm-hmm. you know, I
2: mean, I'm sure you're not encouraging to have them, <laughs> you know, yes, let's all sit around and have an aggressive conversation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not how you're trying to do it, but to You have to have some kind of mental fortitude, I guess, is what I want to say.
0: You do. You do. You have to make sure. And and that's what it just attracts is it attracts people who really have such a huge heart and want to care um, enough to put themselves in the fire with people and to be able to they have a huge compassion and empathy capacity. And they have been through life enough to understand the value of healthy boundaries and so, um, you know, going in, it's sort of we set the stage that you know you're not responsible for changing anyone's mind. You're not you know, we have sort of like a list of this is what your role is. and And even with the people who are participating in the discussion, for example, we've had Republicans or Democrats talking together. And the way we set the stage, um, so far, and our hope is is that sort of the guidelines we have about the rules, how we're going to play this, right, is to generate a mutually honoring sort of vibe that you know you're allowed to be you, and you're allowed to dis- uh, respectfully disagree. Um, but the purpose of this interaction is to spread understanding, and oftentimes people come into it and they are like, well, yes, I'm going to spread understanding about my perspective. And that's fine. That's how it lasts for about 20 minutes. And then magically, every time they start to see themselves in the other person. And that's why it is so powerful and why I love not just, you know, doing it on our podcast helps model it for just everybody. They get to hear how that happens. They get to be changed by the conversation themselves. Um, but of course, where I want to be seeing it is I want to be taking that and teaching our young leaders and you know, our students in the country how to do that because what amazing things could happen if we all started really talking together again for solutions, so.
2: And I think with the way you're going and how things are evolving, it's only a matter of time before you can do that. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit
0: Oh, thank you so much.
2: Now, it feels right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I love it. I love that there is someone brave enough to do this work. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's, there's everyone's, everyone. I'm sure says it on the inside. You know, yeah. we should talk about it. But you're here doing something about that as well, and that's commendable on thank a number you. of levels. Thank you.
0: And I think it's very important to. And I tell my volunteers this as well. You know, you can't be an ambassador for um, a culture or a mindset, like true conversations, unless you're doing it in your private life as well. So for sure, I have had the toughest conversations. I've been willing to have them, um, you know, behind the scenes, but that's, that's, you can't do this kind of work without walking the the talk that you're sharing.
2: Absolutely. Now, Megan, before I let you go, what is one thing One action you would uh, tell a dream chaser to take today?
0: Mm, Gosh, Um, the thing that comes to mind for me today is to get to know yourself, and that sounds so simple, and it could take you years. Um, But I think that in our society we don't value—you know—we value studying things, we value studying academics, we value studying skills, Mm -hmm. and Even personal growth, we can kind of spiral out of control and think that just by reading a book, you're really going to change yourself. What I mean by getting to know yourself is having true conversations with yourself, really being honest and open just internally before you even share it with anybody about what you like, you don't like about yourself, about what you wish you had had as a child that maybe you didn't. You know, I mean, just layer by layer by layer. There's always going to be something extra to discover, to get to know who you are. And once you know who you are, you get to take action to honor who you are. Um, And just as a quick example for folks, if that sounds so like philosophical and unreachable, um, it's just recently over the summer, you know, I was really struggling with a couple of things i was like gosh why don't i feel as fulfilled for example like at home as i do with my business like i want to make sure i'm balanced and that i love being with my kids just as much as i love creating this this company and what i one of the things one of my aha's was that well ever since having children i had really dishonored my own need to travel and to experience newness And that was a choice I made. You know, I always take ownership over the choices I make. I don't blame anybody. But just that realization of, oh my gosh, Megan, in your core, this will never change. You will never one day wake up and not feel the need at least a couple times a year to get on a plane and fly somewhere. That's just who you are. So, you know, again, I had these conversations with my husband and with myself, and I just put a line in the sand and was like... Okay, whatever it takes, I'm going to find opportunities to travel this year because it's then I can honor myself. So, that's what I would say is put just as much work into finding who out who you are as you are putting work into whatever it is you want to create and whatever dream you want to chase.
2: I love it. That's fantastic advice, guys. Pay attention to that. <laughs> Megan, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing your story of True Conversations and just your dream chase overall. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, guys, that was Megan Enriquez. How awesome is she? I mean, having a dream like True Conversations is definitely something I think the world needs. But even more importantly, she's chasing her dream and she's doing what she loves. And that little six-year-old girl, she is living it up right now. And then that is fantastic. Guys, take her advice to heart. And for more information about True Conversations, Megan, and the episode, please visit ChasingDreamsHQ.com episode 109. That's episode 109. Till next time, guys, keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at ChasingDreamsHQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.